Hi, this is Sherry Brennan with the Be Prepared Planner podcast. Today we're talking about 1984 with David Smith. He's taught this book for 40 years to high school students. It's fascinating to hear what he has to say about it to help us really understand what it really means. And it's possibly very different than what you think. Anyway, what could be more important than being prepared for a situation like 1984? So uh, we'll get started in just a minute. This is Sherry Brennan, and this is the Be Prepared Planner podcast. Hi, this is Sherry Brennan. I'm interviewing Dave Smith. He's taught 1984 for 40 years. A lot of people are talking about that book now, thinking that it is somehow reminiscent of what's happening in our society. So I wanted to get it straight from an expert. So Dave, do you think that 1984 has lessons for us today? Absolutely. Can you tell me a little bit about what they are? Well, the underlying theme of 1984 is that the thing that most motivates the totalitarian the totalitarian characters in 1984 is a lust for power. That's the overriding idea that Orwell is working with. And so I think that when we see in our own world, uh, individuals who are motivated by the gratification that they experience from exercising power, especially power over other people, then we're looking at the very kinds of characters that Orwell was satirizing in his novel. So a lot of people think that um, the left is the are the good guys and the right people and the right people think 1984 warns us against that it was the Trump administration uh, that we should be afraid of. Does that seem to fit with the actual lessons from the book? No, not at all. A careful reading of 1984 and of true understanding of the novel would not really demonstrate many connections between what Orwell was talking about and what anybody might have observed in the Trump administration. Um, they're really, that's a kind of false analogy. Um, it's, it's not really there. Well, tell me this then. Uh, have you seen anything that's happening in the news that you think is a message from 1984? Well, when you look at all of these people that are involved in what is called cancel culture, um, I think that demonstrates an idea that one sees in 1984. Um, most of the people, or at least it seems to be the case, that most of these young people who are so involved in using the power of uh, social media uh, to um, attack or to cancel uh, those with whom they politically disagree, um, I think that that's probably an Orwellian idea. Um, they want what they're trying to do, These, especially these young people who are so devoted to a particular point of view, what they're trying to do is to insist that everybody conform to that point of view. And one of the lessons of 1984 is that the, it's the totalitarian impulse that demands conformity to a pr- particular political agenda and a very specific Uh, political idea. The totalitarians are rabid ideologues. And I think that when you look at the way that some of these young people behave who are involved in the so-called cancel culture, I think that that's exactly what you see 
they're doing. They're devoting their they're devoting their energies to perpetuating an ideology that no one is permitted to deviate from. And so would you say would you say then that it doesn't really matter what the, that group believes? It's the idea that they want to force everyone to believe that same thing. Pretty much. The idea that they don't tolerate non-conformity from a fixed set of ideas or positions uh, is very much the kind of thing that, um, that Orwell himself would have been most concerned about, the sort of thing that impels him to write a novel like 1984. Uh, the totalitarians insist the totalitarians hunger for power, and they absolutely insist that everybody believes what they believe, and they're not going to stop until everybody perfectly conforms to the ideas that they insist on. There's a very famous line in 1984 uh, where one of the, um, uh, one of the totalitarian uh, leaders, a member of the inner party, says to Winston, the protagonist, he says, We're, we will squeeze you empty and fill you with ourselves. And I think that's probably one of the most frightening ideas expressed in the novel. And you can see that that's what a lot of these sort of, you know, young, committed, passionate ideologues are doing today. Uh, they insist that everybody be filled with themselves. That is to say the ideas that they embrace and they don't tolerate anybody embracing ideas different from theirs. Dave, thanks so much for uh, sharing that information with us. This is a great place for us to take a quick break um, and then we're going to come back and talk about a couple more things, some more specific ideas about 1984. Dave Smith, teacher, 40 years teaching 1984. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm glad that you're back, Dave. Um, just to remind everybody, we're talking about 1984 with English teacher David Smith. He's taught this uh, text for 40 years and has seen a lot of uh, young people read it and uh, get impressed by it. So um, that takes me to my uh, next or first question of this segment. And that is, have you seen a difference in the way students understand or see 1984 over the years you've been teaching it? Hmm. Good question. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure. Um, I think that the fact that we live in a, a more um, polarized uh, environment right now might make the novel a little bit more relevant to students uh, in the classroom today than it did, say, oh, perhaps 10 years ago. So th today they are seeing it more closely aligned with what they're living. I think that they're more familiar with the term Orwellian today. Than they may, then students may have been, say, ten or fifteen years ago, or farther back than that. Um, the term Orwellian is bandied about quite a bit today in the media. Uh, people use the term a lot uh, when they themselves perhaps don't really understand uh, what Orwell was all about. Uh, well, that takes me to my next question. I did want to ask you about that because was he not uh, known primarily for a person who really understood language and? to be uh, careful with language? Ab absolutely. Um, what appears in Orwell's novel, but even more important in some of the essays that he wrote, uh, was his concern about how language is debased by people who have uh, political agendas uh, and how in the 
in the advance in attempting to advance their agenda, uh, they corrupt and even abuse language. Uh, they resort to all kinds of what he called ready-made phrases and euphemisms. Um, their their use of language was actually imprecise, but but they debased it and abused it in an effort to advance their own political agendas. Why do you think that works with people? Because um, we probably could find a lot of uh, contemporary examples. And it is surprising sometimes when you look at what, say, has said in the words they used, and then the large number of people who are presumably intelligent believe it. Yeah, I think that's because they don't think carefully about what is being said. And perhaps they don't even expect politicians to be careful and precise and exact in the way they use language. What happens is political discourse gets filled up with a lot of phrases instead of thoughts. And people simply recognize the phrases and they let the phrases do their thinking for them. Um, the left and the right both do this, but I think uh, because there's probably more I don't know, uh, journalists and, and, and commentators who are on the left side of the spectrum, it might be more common among them than among um, people on the right side of the spectrum. So I have a, another uh, quick question for you. Um, and that is about uh, junior spies. Junior spies were uh, part of 1984. And it kind of puts me in mind of how many people are now sort of involved in that gotcha culture that we're looking at. That sort of feeds into the cancel culture, people sort of scouting everybody's social media or looking for anything that they may have said that seems to be off or could be interpreted that way. Um, but we also saw that in Nazi Germany. Is that exactly right? Orwell in 1984 um, invents this, um, uh, this organization for children called the Junior Spies. And they're like a little, it's a youth group sponsored by the party that rules uh, um, the society. And he's inspired by uh, his idea, of course, for the so-called junior spies, comes right out of uh, a Nazi Germany's uh, Hitler's youth movement, the, uh, the Hitler youth, the little brown shirts, who were, who were encouraged to enforce um, political conformity among their friends and even among their own family. Uh, they would be willing to turn in their family uh, if they thought any member of their family was at odds with the, uh, the Nazi ideology. Well, uh, you can. So did that actually happen that children turned in their parents? Well, in 1984, it sure did. And I think it may well have happened in Nazi Germany as well. But in 1984, one of the most there's a famous scene in which a, a child uh, turns in his own her own father uh, because of something that he uh, unwittingly uh, said. Um, in, uh, in his sleep, uh, and the little girl turns her father in because of his, uh, his breach of, the, uh, uh, of political orthodoxy. He, he's, uh, he was regarded, he, she claimed that he was a traitor to the cause. Uh, and so I think you see this sort of same mindset among people today, uh, their insistence on enforcing the conformity to a certain political viewpoint, uh, and they're willing to reveal anybody that they think doesn't uh, conform to uh, their set of political opinions. So um, do you think that this might explain how um, there are, I guess, families who have very tough times getting along because of these political differences and um, some members of the family are, are, are 
are willing to abandon their own family for some small political difference. Well, I think this is one of the things that Orwell saw, that if a child can be indoctrinated by the state into holding certain political views, the child's loyalty goes to the state or to a set of ideas rather than to his own family. The child's been indoctrinated to believe that even his own parents uh, are enemies of the state. And it's the, it's the child's duty then, uh, if necessary, to, um, to turn his, in his own parents for failing to conform to uh, the, um, uh, you know, the orthodoxy, the, 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 the views, the, idea, the ideology uh, that the child has been indoctrinated into. In other words, the ideas become more important to the child uh, than his relationship with his own family members. And that happens, that really happens, where ideas take precedence over the relationships uh, that people have. Ideas can become even more important uh, to certain people than, than, than the natural, intimate relationships that are the result of, of living in the same house. Wow. So I would love to continue this, but sorry, our time is up. Um, but let's talk about this another time. I'd like to have you come back and we'll talk more because I have so many questions about like the memory hole and so many of those things that we've sort of heard about, but we don't really understand. Thank you for being with You're us. You're welcome. See you next time. This is Sherry Brennan. Thanks for being with us. Thank you.